You're gonna be a star, kid. You're listening to... In Between Stages. Stages with Cassius Nelson and Jennifer Brooke. Hello everybody, welcome to In Between Stages, the podcast. Um, I'm Jennifer Brooke. And I am Cassius Nelson. How are you Cass? I'm not bad, I feel like I'm shouting a bit, am I shouting? I feel like we both were, I think we're just energetic about that introduction. Oh, that's good, that's fantastic. I'm alright, how are you doing? I'm good thanks, we've had a couple of um, suggestions on... Our Twitter page and Facebook yes. page. Um, all all of your wishes will be granted. That's all I can say. Yes, yeah, true. Keep them coming because we're gonna keep adding the guests and contacting people from what you want because this is yes. community and taking in your um, topics and things that you want to listen to or hear about. That's the same word, Cassius. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna listen and hear at the same time. Um, but yeah, I actually really appreciate that people getting in touch. I do. Quite quickly. Yeah. And I keep it coming. It shows that they're listening, which is nice. We're Always not just good. talking to the air. Yeah, that's very true. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, our mum's listening to it anyway, so we know that someone's listening out Your there. Your mum on the way to mean? work, we, we power her through. I, mean? I just like it when people are like, I listened to the last one, and they actually say what, what it was. Yeah, I like, like that as well. You're not lying. So, shall we get into the show? Yeah, let's do it. So tell me about your week, girl. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is when we find out how our personal lives have been and how our professional lives have been. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with professional. Okay, Jen, how... <laughs> cool, is your... I'm ready for this. Okay, I'm glad. How has your professional week been um, My so professional far? week, not much has happened, I will be honest. Okay. But I feel like a lot has happened in my head. So, okay. So nothing has happened in terms of audition-wise, mm-hmm. um, writing-wise, anything-wise. Nothing has been happening. But I think I have made my weekly revelation. That might change next week, but it's Ooh. good for this week. I am at peace with it all. Okay, this is good. This is good. So what I mean is that I've kind of accepted that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I know that it's going to happen. I'm not even trusting anymore. I just know it's going to happen. That's good. I'm just, I'm okay with it. And and I'm not going to sit here and dwell on it and complain about it and tell, and be like, oh, why isn't the phone ringing? Why isn't this? I'm going to start taking responsibility. Okay. And I'm going to be like, well, if the phone ain't ringing, what are you doing? And if I ain't doing nothing, stop complaining about if it. If I ain't doing nothing, ain't doing what nothing, can I, I can do something. But that's how I feel at the moment because I feel like I have I have put my fate in other people when that fate isn't with the other people, it's with me. I like that a lot. Yeah, but that might change next week, but that's how I am this week and <laughs> the sun's shining, so I'm all right with that. Fair, good point. <laughs> How's your professional been? Um my professional has been good. Mm-hmm. It's been I feel like it's been productive. How so? Because I've been, like, I've had meetings from meetings, which is good. Yeah. But now I can feel that the pace is slowing down, and I'm trying not to, not I'm trying because I hate the word trying, 
and that I am mm -hmm. making a conscious effort to not get caught up on the fact that I'm not hearing back from things now because mm -hmm. I'm not entitled to things. Just because I got a recall doesn't mean I'm going to get the job. That doesn't mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but also not getting the job doesn't mean that you've done not done the job. Yeah, and I can feel the pace slowing down and you know when you're like, hmm, I haven't heard back. Yet. Yeah, it's very easy to get And I'm on. like, it's been a couple of days, mm -hmm. and it's been the weekend, so I can feel that I'm not going to hear anything, but oh, I don't want to say that. You d yeah, you don't know, but I think what the most important thing is maybe turning your attention to something else. Yeah, so that you're not getting caught up on that. Yeah, so your attention and energy isn't on that you can't let it turn into negative energy and yeah. you keep it in a positive space. Which is good because I'm realising that before it's happened because I can feel it going, it's, mm. I can feel myself going there and I'm catching it before I do go there because I don't want to be like, oh, you're not good because no one... It's not That's that a big deep. step. Yeah, it's a good step. There was um, a book I was reading called The Actor's Life uh -huh. by Jenna Fisher who plays Pam in The Office US. Yeah. She's a great comedy actress. I've mentioned her a couple of times to you. I've mentioned this you book a couple actually. of times. But I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast. If I have, I'm a broken record. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> what can I say? But she speaks... I feel like I have said this. Say it again because I can't remember and I want to hear it. Okay, she speaks about... She was eight years into her journey as an actor. Oh, yeah. Have I spoke about yeah, this? Yeah, you have. Well, you've definitely said it to me. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's what you're thinking, though. Sorry, I'm just going to carry on. Though. You yeah, tell me no, sorry. I don't know I'm stopping you. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. So she was eight years into her journey as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, She'd, move in, she'd moved to LA from a small estate. It wasn't a big estate. Moved to LA. Anyway, eight years into being an actor, and she was like, I'm done. I'm mm. absolutely done. Mm. I've tried, and I've tried, and it's not succeeded. I am finished. So she told her manager, and he was like, oh, oh, oh right, you sure? Told her agent, because she had two separate ones mm -hmm. out there, or however it works, it, and she, he was like, oh, oh, okay, I'm not sure. Told her acting coach, and he was like, fucking suck it up. You've mm. had two recalls. Mm. Do you know how many actors fight to even be seen for that first audition? He very, was like, very true. having those two recalls shows you're meant to be in this industry, because not many people do. Mm -hmm. So he was like, that's being an actor. So I think actually... We, as actors, sometimes see having a recall and then not getting it as a bad thing. But it's not. It's not. It's a fucking amazing thing. It shows you're on your right journey. That is a good point. Yeah. And thank you. I needed that. It's all right. Thank how... Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Um, how has your personal week been, Jen? Personal week? Um, at... No, actually, yeah. This is a good one. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sunny Last remember. week I was complaining about being a bitch. So <laughs> I prepped for this and I completely oh. forgot, but I've remembered what I was going to do this. My personal week's been really good. Another revelation. <laughs> and it's worked so far. I've only done it one day. But um, anyway, that's that. Um, I fucking, I've got long stories today. I'm really sorry, everyone. <laughs> I was talking to a friend yeah. um, who had just started rehearsals for a play, which uh -huh. is great. It's really amazing. And um, we were kind of chatting about how she felt like... Um, since drama school, she questions everything she does okay. and doesn't have the confidence and is quite nervous in the rehearsal. I'm sure she won't mind me saying this because I've asked her to come on to talk about this. Um, and I kind of, we spoke about it and I kind of offered the suggestion of, well, why don't after every single rehearsal, 
you praise yourself for one thing you did. That's nice. Big or small. Mm. Whether it's whether it's not even related to acting, it's I confidently spoke during lunch mm. to people because it's, it's intimidating sometimes. It's like, oh, it was her first day. Like she she's probably feeling fine now. And one small goal for the next day. It's not like I'm going to master the character. It's more like um, I'm going to ask questions if I need to ask a question. Mm. So it's like, it's not this whole like overwhelming thing. And anyway, she was like, oh, that like that's good. I didn't know she was just saying that. <laughs> she might have just been being polite, <laughs> you know. She said it was good. Anyway, I went home and I was, and on Sunday I kind of had this like, I was trying to get like so much done and trying to get so much prepped and I was like, oh, I feel really overwhelmed. And I was like, hold on a minute, I need to take some of my own fucking advice. Mm. So I sat on my phone <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna read it. It's on my phone last night. Yeah. And I and I said things I did well today. Let's hear it. I relieved my stress for the week. I am fully prepared for tomorrow. I'm excited for a week of structure and to start yoga again. I did well today. I like that. Because I'd also this is remember I remember remembering where it all came from. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how when you go to bed and you're mm. stressing about mm. everything you are going to do or everything you haven't done right, you wake up in the same headspace. That's very true. So you continue that cycle. Whereas you've got to end your day and wake up in a positive headspace. Mm-hmm. So I was going to bed being like, oh my God, I'm so stressed, I've got so much to do, I'm, I'm not prepared, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, no. So I wrote the things down I did well, I watched some TV and I went to bed. Gotcha. And then I woke up in the morning and I was refreshed. And I woke up earlier than I was ever going to wake up. That's good. And I was just, I was just ready. I didn't I feel like, that. and every time I tried to be like, oh my God, I'm not ready. I remembered I was ready because mm. I'd written it down. That's a bit like a gratitude journal, isn't it? You know, like at, yeah. at night you're supposed to write at least three things you're grateful for in the day. Yeah. And then it always kind of makes you think, do you know what? I've really not got it that bad. Mm. I'm, not, I'm actually, someone's looking out for me or things yes. are going okay, which I think, I think that's really nice. And to give yourself credit for things that you've done. Yeah, and, th- and remember that the world is so much bigger than one like, problem. Oh my gosh, yeah, in one moment. Because we all, we're just, as humans, we focus so much on the negatives rather yeah. than the positives. Like, you wouldn't even think, like, but, oh, like, I gave up a seat to somebody on the tube. Mm. It's a positive thing. Like, yeah. Uh, or let, like, don't let one negative moment discredit something else that you've done. Like, for instance, literally, I can't talk. (laughs) Yesterday, so I did that big drive, and it was like a four-hour drive in total, which for me is a lot. And it's a lot. I drive big distances anyway, but four hours is a long time for me. That's a long time for anyone, I feel like. Right? And um, especially for someone who's not... Like, I'm a good driver, but I'm just not that confident in myself. And I I get... I used to get very anxious. I'm going to stop saying I get anxious because I don't want to make it a thing. Good. Um, And... I'd done the whole journey fine, and then I, for like, this one small moment that lasted not even 20 seconds, I just messed up on something, and I literally let that shadow and scare me for the rest of the drive, and then my brother this morning was like to me, you drove for four hours, over, like, you've done like 200 or something miles in one day, and you're gonna let something that what happened that in like mm. less than a mile in less than 20 seconds you're going to let that discredit all the hard work that you did yeah. that day and I was like you know you know what you're right and yes. it's very very true because like you said we're, we're kind of conditioned to focus on the negative yeah when there's so much smaller than the positive 
and things we just don't give ourselves enough credit so that's our little oh wait um, hold on how's your personal oh i was gonna say that's our little thing to leave oh sorry the listeners with and i think that's a little challenge for them for this week yeah is to give yourself credit for the little things that you've been doing yeah don't have to be big. Yeah, it I had a, I had a breakfast this morning. That's one that I never had. Yeah. If I had breakfast, I'm going to write that down as one thing I did well because I never fucking right. eat breakfast. Yeah, I don't know why you don't. I, I, I just never have. Never have. I can't function. I, when I wake up in the morning, one of the first... No, the first thing I think about is food. Well, when... But I do... Sometimes I wake up quite late, though. That's, that's yeah, not there's not always time. time. <laughs> um, no, but... I, no, I always feel better when I do, so I need to start. So that's my, that's my goal for tomorrow. Breakfast. Okay. Going yoga at six thirty in the morning. Woo! You're gonna do it. It's gonna be. You're gonna, gonna have a great day. I'm gonna be amazing this week. Um, what's your personal? My personal. I feel like I never actually properly sit and evaluate how my personal's gone. I'm just like, yeah, it's gone fine, or yeah, it's gone bad. Sit and evaluate now. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like there's been some. So my personal. I feel like my personal with other people has been really good like my interactions with people and meeting up and that kind of thing although lately I have been a bit of a flake and I hate being a flake I I, I like I'm really big on time and people spending time with me mm-hmm. and I like to keep to keep to my word and if I say I'm gonna do something I like to follow through but lately like one of my mates I've been trying to arrange to meet up with her it's always like on a day where there's other stuff happening that I either in the moment can't make time for it or beforehand I'm like you know I know we agreed to this but it just can't really work I'm not gonna have enough time yeah um and I just feel like I'm having to keep counseling on certain people which isn't I don't know if they're bothered as I'm bothered about it but apart from that small section my (laughs) relationships with people have been good I think I think for like friends obviously if you if you if you do essentially see them and you know it's, it's a blip in your friendship I think friends understand and, and that's yeah. part of be, being in a long-term friendship is that yeah. there will be... And I'm sure you feel like you, you are being a flake now, but there might be a time later on that she has to be a flake. Mm. I just feel like whenever there's an audition, I don't like doing very much before the audition, and especially on the day. I cannot oh, God, do anything yeah. on the day because I know I've got an audition coming up that I want to prepare for. I That takes priority. Yeah. And sometimes I think you can actually do more and there's times when I'm okay at Cassis, the audition isn't until Wednesday. You could really go today. But you it's know like, I'm like you though. But I feel like if I do I'm gonna guilt trip myself and I'm gonna make myself feel bad. I'd rather go home and do some work. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I don't know. And then and then have more time afterwards and be yeah. like Yeah, finish. So I think I'm battling with some um interactions with people is being really good and positive and I'm having a great time and others I feel like I'm being a bit of a flake and I'm being a bit bit of a disappointment. And then the relationships I'm having with myself in my personal week, I feel like haven't been, I don't, I think they've been okay. They've been like decent. I haven't really had anything that profound happen. I've been using that word low today, even if I know what it means. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, that, yeah, I don't really know what I'm saying. No, I know what you're saying. I think sometimes, like, I think when there's distance involved, um, some people are you have easy friends don't you yeah not that other people make it difficult I know what you're I know what you're saying you know what I'm trying to but say but I also think take credit you know if as long as you're being polite about it you're being apologetic you're, be, you're yeah. not just flaking because you can't be bothered yeah 
that's absolutely fair. And you want to spend time. That's the most important thing. And you don't want to half ass it. I think they understand. I think credit where credit's due. In mm. a long-term friendship, there will be time. So they'll need to do that. It's true. And I think... Another thing that I've started to do... Yeah. Sorry, this is, if this is long, no, you can cut this. Yeah, Another thing I've started to do is to use the professional aspects of my life to distract from personal aspects. Okay. And even, like, now when people ask me, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I've just got auditions. And it's like, that's not... They're asking me, how am I? But instead of addressing how I actually am, I'm talking about auditions and stuff yeah. to deflect from... Oh, I'm not feeling that great at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've noticed I've been doing that. Which I just think is not necessarily good or bad. It's just something to be aware of for right now. It is something to be aware of. Because you, like, you want to have fun as well. Yeah, and how I am is more important than how many auditions I've had this week. And also remember, you know, if it feels like it, it's a matter of time before you book a job, you're going to want to have had fun because you're going to be working your ass off for a couple of months. Yeah. It's just finding a balance, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what I've really spoken about here. <laughs> like, it's just been a bit of a... Mm, I little... thought you spoken about a boring thing. I'm picking you up. Should like meet our guest? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's meet our guest. is a director, writer, producer and puppet maker. Originally trained as an actor at East 15 and Italia Conti, Argus went on to become a playwright with Royal Court Writers Group and Soho Theatre Writers Lab. Upon graduating, Argus founded Second Sons Theatre Companies, whose debut production, of which he was a writer and director at Swan Bake, was nominated for a Brighton Fringe Award for Excellence, and Broadway Baby called Ingenious and Hilarious. He went on to study on the master's programme for directing at Orange Street Theatre and directed Dark Vanilla Jungle at N16, Sex of a Stranger at The Pleasance and Katie Johnson at Orange Tree Theatre. Currently, he is a resident director of Oxford Playhouse and playwright on commission for a regional theatre. Reviews have begged that all new directors have the energetic vision of our guests, so let's welcome Samson Hawkins. Hi. Hello. Hello. How are we all? Good. <laughs> like how you were answering, like, answering the first question then. It's just, it's just not how it works. No, it's not, not how it no. works. Okay. It's okay, you can switch it up. That yeah. introduction took us fucking ages. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a hard. I feel like gradually our introductions are just decreasing in like how well they come across. I think just our recording, uh, anyway. Well, I deliberately try and make sure no one knows what I've done, so it's quite hard Why? to try and find that out. Well, because then you can kind of create your own context. So you can go into it. If you do lots of different jobs, yeah. I want some people to think of me as a writer. So if I've got a website and it says, oh, director, Samson Hawkins, but I go into a meeting as a writer, I don't want them to think of me. Why? Does that I affect see that, though. Yeah, because people, why. if you're young and want to do one thing, if I meet a 40-year-old director, they mm. don't want to see, like, a wishy-washy half-writer, half-director, half-puppet-maker. Mm-hmm. They want to see someone who's dedicated to... <laughs> To one craft. Yeah, also not hard. That was like four different people. <laughs> <laughs> but they want to see someone that's dedicated. So, Have you, did you find that out the hard way? Um, 
I've had a few people. I just never really that sure on what I was doing. I just liked theatre and wanted to work in it, mm. and so just tried things until I found something that someone would pay me for. And then you're like, if I can be three things, I'm more likely to be paid. Yeah, but you just kind of have to keep shtum about Mm. other stuff that you do while you're doing it. Is that not hard though? Because you can't like fully give yourself credit for all the work that you've done because you don't want to like label it all. Yeah, maybe, but I kind of think I'm a bit young to give myself credit for the work that I've done yet. I kind of want to. I'm I'm more. I feel like you can give yourself credit. Yeah, maybe. You've done a lot. But, in limited time. Yeah. But then also, like, what that um, introduction doesn't mention is, like, the two years I spent working in a pub and all the hours of manual labour. But this and is what like, the podcast is about. Please tell yeah. us more. Actually, most of the time, apart from for the last six months, my bills have not been paid by theatre. It's mm. only this six months where theatre has been my income, my, my sole income. And how, how does that feel? It's good, but also stressful. So I've been writing for like five years, kind of fringy, but mm. always for myself, and that's great. But now I'm being paid by someone, by being paid by a uh, national portfolio organisation, so it's taxpayer money as well, mm. which makes it a bit more stressful. Yeah. And I'm now writing a play for a community, so it's not just kind of self-serving art anymore, mm. now it's doing it for a purpose, and the money is kind of a financial investment in that so when you get like commissioned by a theatre because obviously I have no idea about this mm-hmm. do they give you an outline of what they want or do they just say I want to play by you my so because I'm very early career mine worked uh, a new artist director came on board with a the theatre he wanted to do a new play um, I sent my play off I actually sent my play off so I could produce it in my local village hall. Um, I was asking for a thousand pounds to help to get some lighting so I could do a community theatre because that's really how I make my money with community theatre. And I wanted to do that. But then the theatre went, no, we'll do that. And so then they give you some money. You develop it. We did an R&D, work with a director. And then when you finish it, then they give you the other half of the money. That is mental. So when, when do you finish it? Well, I was on, so I was on draft six when I first sent it to them. I'm now on draft nine and I've got draft 10 deadline end of the month. I've got draft 11 deadline the month. Yeah, wow. I, I think there's a lot of really good writers who write terrible, terrible first drafts. So my play mm-hmm. now is kind of half talent show, half play, and it's set in a political landscape or something happening. Um, but at the start of the play, it was just these two guys shouting opinions at each other about whether they were gay or not and they just couldn't work it out and then they did some fencing like that was that was the play it made no sense but because first drafts are meant to be terrible they there was a writer who said something like um i can't remember his name now uh he said that playwrights are just shouting into the void understand me hoping that an audience claps afterwards and i quite like that yeah i like that the first draft should just be someone pouring their heart out going understand me and mm. then you redraft it so it's acceptable for your mum to watch for until draft 20. That's quite nice though because I feel like whenever I write with the first draft I'm always like it has to be great it has to be great and then that like shadows my whole vision for the whole thing so mm. I'm like writing for it to be good instead of just writing what I have in my head so I suppose if yeah. you know I'm going to have at least five drafts this isn't the plan there's no pressure for the first one you just literally write without having to edit 
because you can't do you can't write something good and edit at the same time it's impossible no you shouldn't like i and also i do a system where i do a fun redraft and then i'll do an accurate redraft and then i'll do a fun redraft and then an accurate redraft so now i'm doing a fun redraft where i get some new ideas and then i have to know another accurate one and so you are mixing things up (laughs) but different systems work for different people but your first draft should be terrible because if your first draft's good then it's probably lacking in Mm. something there's not yeah. enough, that you're not telling enough truth in it or you're mm. not actually trying to achieve anything with your play mm. it would like i could do a decent three-act structure of a really boring play that's been written ten thousand times before as a first draft yeah but that'd be utterly pointless yeah but to write a good play you have to pour quite a lot of yourself into yeah. it which is going to be horrible for anyone to read but i wouldn't let anyone else read my first drafts so who reads your first drafts no one i'll write it when do you give it on to someone else what draft number uh, now I wouldn't give it to anyone until three, but I'm kind of okay. as I'm learning, as I'm getting better, I can do earlier stages by myself. Fair. Um, earlier, I used to let people read my second draft. Right. Okay. Um, because you wanted the outside opinions. Yeah, I think I needed them earlier on. Whereas now I'm a bit more confident in my style as an artist mm. that I can kind of continue it on a little yeah. bit longer. I think, and I think writers like David Hare can probably go quite far before needing any dramaturgy. How did you know all of this? Because, like, obviously, like we said in your introduction, you start because that's how me and Samson we trained together as actors. That's how we met, and you decided about second year, right? Like yeah. this ain't well, not yeah, not that you'd never go back to acting. Well, would you? Would if there was decent money and the part was easy? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I remember I when he first graduated, he was like, but... I'm just going to get an agent for our first. And I was like, fair. Well, I, did, I did, and then he put me up for Elf three times. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I can take one audition as an Elf. Yeah. But I'm not big enough to be a comedy... Like, I'm not I'm not comically big. How tall are you? I'm, I'm six foot two. Which <laughs> so is like, an Elf. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's not like I'm six foot eight, where I'm like, ha ha, comic, yeah. comically big Elf. Yeah. I'm, You're just I'm tall just elf. tall. I'm normal tall. <laughs> I, like, I didn't understand it. And after the first one, I was like, haha. And then after the... F- yeah. I just snorted. <laughs> it was, it's obviously had enough to rile me up this much four years on. And um, still, like, it made me quit acting for the auditions for the Elves. Because of the Elves. Because of the Elves. The Elves are too much. I couldn't do it. There's people um, begging for auditions as Elves out there in the world. <laughs> You're just hitting them off left, right and centre. So wait... Would you direct it? Would you act in your own stuff? Because no, I always that's because like, I was like, yeah. So I feel like Sam's would only ever act if it was his own work. That's why I said to Cass earlier, and then you're like, no. Well, actually, saying that, I did direct Lord of the Flies uh, recently, uh, and I was the naval officer at the end. Um, <laughs> so I guess I have done it in the past two months. Not in my maybe in my own. I would act my own writing yes. with someone else directing it. But okay. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, act in something I'm directing because yeah, like, you're just well. facing the wrong way like even just physically <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. literally like you're I don't just... know how do you see the blocking you're kind yeah. of... I can play myself yeah but I can't really play a character or be emotionally but you can play yourself that's got a different character name yeah they, they could call me Tom <laughs> so you said you also you can't be emotionally open in front of people like as as, as like as a as an actor no yeah. there's... why just terrifying. Mm. Like, here's another thing about why I'd never be in a play I'm direct. I 
work with quite I only really like working with good actors I'm nowhere near as like I really I really respect like good actors that can be really emotionally open and use that and thing but it's just something that I can't do I just mm-hmm. kind of shut down it's just not natural for me to, is that because of, of ev- like because you're not in everyday life as well or just yeah but I don't think I'm like particularly like emotionally but do you find it easy easy to be vulnerable writing yeah oh yeah much easier because you're by yourself mm. Mm. But then, is it then tricky that you're writing something expecting that actor to be emotionally vulnerable, yet you won't do it yourself? Uh, well, I think there's there's a time and a place, and I don't think I'm like <laughs> no, there's but a time, there's, but, there's time and place for casting. But I think actors are particularly good at being emotionally open. Yes. Like, so out of all the people in the world, yes. the most emotionally open people are probably actors. Yeah, I hear that. So like. I'm I'm not to that level, but I'd still say I'm like six out of ten. Like I still I'm relatively in touch. Just yeah. don't like doing it in front of hundreds of people. Or yeah, which is totally fair. Camera shoved in my face. Yeah, like on a close up, like right up your nostril, like crack. Yeah, I feel like yeah. an actor is the weird one. I'm I feel like I'm normal, and actors are weirdly open. Yeah, yeah. Just going to drama school training as an actor might have been an odd choice for me. But. Yeah. So um, so second year you go, I don't want to do this. Did you know that you wanted to? do acting and directing did you do you think that was always something no well i wanted to be an actor from about the age of nine before i really knew what it was right i went to so i when i was at school i was a, i was illiterate for till i was like in year six so i couldn't read or write um and that's the meaning of illiterate and then, <laughs> no but for those who don't know there we go learn something. um but then i went to youth theater and mm-hmm. so that was and i learned to read from youth theater because i didn't really understand the point of words until i was like oh yeah to communicate something to someone else which is yeah so all of my education has kind of been through that way mm-hmm. so i've kind it. of never really been very good academically which yeah. meant nothing that came from school I'd do a job in so acting was always the only right. kind of thing that I thought I was good at so I went to, and then I got into drama school so I was like well I'm gonna be an actor then because yeah. I got into drama school because yeah. that's the thing um but yeah then then it kind of became something else at drama school where it just got a bit serious maybe mm-hmm. like, it wasn't the panto that I grew up with there was just a lot of people telling you you're doing things wrong, which <laughs> isn't really my experience with good directors in the profession either. Like, <laughs> no, that's very true, right? Like, most professional directors are quite nice, and yeah. I know they've chosen you, so yeah. fair enough. Yeah, but they chose you to be in drama school, though. Yeah, it's kind of my point. Like, but I kind they of, kind of I... chose you to, like, knock you down. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, see, I, I fundamentally no. disagree with the drama school method of... Uh, breaking you down to build you up again. Yeah. I think just fills someone with belief in themselves and then they might be able to open themselves up, and not just make them feel horrible. A lot better with like the mental health in the industry if people didn't do this because yeah. a lot of people do just feel broken. Yeah, and but I, we're also training way too many people. It, it, it's really bad, but you can't expect a job in the arts. No, like, no, no. No, no one not. asks you to join anything. And then if we're... But if you paid, like, £40,000 to train in something, you expect a job at the end of it. Mm. And so now we've got lots of people with degrees who are perfectly talented, but because there's so many, it's so saturated, and everyone wants a job in this, and there just isn't. And that doesn't help, and that's one of the reasons why wages are so low, because people will do it for free. Yeah. And Mm. people do it for any money, because there's so many people. Yeah. Um, So... 
So mm. things started to get serious. And at yeah. what point did you go, oh, shit, this ain't... Uh, at drama... Um, I think there was there was a few points at drama school which I just felt really weird. Um, some of the movement lessons, like being put in leggings and tight T-shirts. Okay. I was always a bit, like, a bit, not gothy, but... Uh, I wasn't I wasn't sporty, so to be put in leggings and tight t-shirts mm. around some proper sporty lads and then be like pulled about by a teacher, I wasn't ever like physically confident and that really mm. threw me off. Um, also just some ways of people talking to each other. I'd come from youth theatre in Northampton where I was always one of the better ones and if you're a boy in youth theatre, you're immediately yeah. just yeah, good yeah. anyway because you're male and turned up. Which is, just like, <laughs> which is like, so you get good we parts expect, of youth yeah, really, yeah, yeah, it's like, well done to me. And then um, I am here, thank you. Which is probably the But then you turn up for drama school and they're just horrible. Mm. But, um, well, this what is what I expected. Yeah. I joined, I like the theatre because you were the people that were nice to me. Yeah. And now I've gone to drama school and everyone's horrible <laughs> and I don't know what to do. So I couldn't drop out because I wouldn't really get into uni doing anything else. So I kind uh... of had to readdress it. To be fair, they got quite nice once I said I didn't want they to be an actor. Did. Then they started liking me again. Because they, they supported you in your journey to yeah. become a director in the sense that they said you can assist and direct the shows, right? Yeah, and like, re- so I got to assist on a third year play, but as I think I was moved up to co-director or something, because I actually ended up doing quite a lot of directing in it, um, which is different to most assisting, where you're kind of getting coffee and saying about. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then I assisted on a second year play that went to Edinburgh as well, which I didn't do so much, but... Yeah, so I kind of got to experience it through that, and then obviously we did the dissertation, which is the really original Swanbake um, version. That was when I was at third year. So those kind and of it was, practice kind of worked. It was like when I talk about like the quality, like you wouldn't expect the quality of what Samson did mm. to be in a third year dissertation. Okay. It, like, like, take credit for yourself. Everyone was blown away, and we were like, "That's what you're meant to be doing." Like that's. In in fairness, I've seen there's if you go to like Warwick University and the proper drama, the really good courses of drama where they're kind of working in that way in like a theatre. Yeah, but in a BA acting. Yeah, see that's I and I think it kind of showed I was on the wrong course. Yeah, like yeah, I, sh- yeah. I should have done a drama degree mm. and worked with the weird kids to do our like fun weird plays. Whereas yeah. the BA acting, it wasn't that it was particularly better. It's just. Actors aren't trained to be creative, and actors are, and this is good, but actors are trained to make things work. Mm. So you have a script, and even if it's not very good, some good actors can't tell that it's not a very good script, because they'll just be finding, well, I'll make this work because of this way and this way, and that's good, because, you know, that's what you do as an actor. But um, creatives are trying to make things better, so you're just coming across it from a different way. Yeah, yeah. But then there's loads of actors that are making really good work as dance makers now so yeah uh, so then you leave and you're like well this is what i'm gonna do now did you have any idea how to go about it um make a theater company in a really vague context of whatever that means (laughs) i registered the name second sons as a company and was like well there we go then (laughs) i've done a theater company need to do a play well i've already written that one let's do that um, yeah. Basically, yeah, I didn't really know. I didn't have any money 
Um, so we did some of those new writing nights because someone else was from our year did some new writing nights. So we yeah. thought we'd do them, but we had a better name. So we were like, so we thought of the name Playtime, which was quite a good name. Yeah. So we were like, we'll just do that. Um, yeah. So we just copied them. And that made us a little bit of money. I like how they're going to be sitting here watching it. They're like, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Alex came up with the name, actually. Not it's either. a good name. No one knows who Alex is, but someone called Alex came up with the name Playtime. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we made some money from that. And then we tried to do some plays. But like, what about you? Because we were saying this earlier, like, we can't imagine... Well, even like from the fact you were even younger than I was when I was like, I want to be an actor. But at nine years old, you're like, oh, I'm going to be an actor. Then you get into drama school. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be an actor. And then suddenly it all goes, I'm not going to be an actor. I don't, I like, is that not terrible? How do you go, okay, well, now I'm going to do this. That's one thing to be like, okay, I'm going to try my hand at directing and writing and actually knowing how to do it. That's very different. Yeah, I mean... Knowing how's because I, I just did it really badly for quite some time until I got better at it and now I'm doing it okay and hopefully one day I'll be really good. <laughs> you would take credit for just, yourself. You've done yeah, a lot. Yeah, because I've done a lot and I've done quite a lot of really bad work. Like you can't. What it's kind of one of the reasons why I hide myself on the internet as well because people find out about the amount of shites mm, I've done. Yeah, true. Like it's it's harder for actors on like and if you've been on TV and stuff you can't hide that. Whereas fringe plays I've done. There's some that didn't make it onto that, and I'm well glad. <laughs> like, find some reviews. Like, I've got, like, lots of... I could do a really alternative introduction to that. I've just terrible reviews I've gotten about, oh my like, God, this self-indulgent that. piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you kind of need that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I've, I've done things badly and made mistakes in, like, professional contexts. Like, I've annoyed people. I've got quite important people who don't like me I've got uh, actors that I've annoyed but really th- selling yourself yeah I know yeah, yeah really people <laughs> this work I've made really terrible work <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah but you find out what you're good at and what you're bad at um, mm. I like also things just like writing and directing your own play I wouldn't I wouldn't do both of them again like, really? no I wouldn't because like, you can't look at it and like you need a separate set of eyes so the new okay. play that I've written, someone else is directing, and then I'm directing someone that I, someone else is writing, and I st- I still do both jobs. Some people don't think you should do both jobs. I'm I'll probably pick one eventually. Why? Why do you have to? You don't have to, but if you want to get very very good at something, it makes sense to specialise. I'm not saying I like if I chose to direct, I might write for fun, but I just you think know. you're talented at both. Why pick? But like. Van Gogh might have played piano, but you don't hear about it. If your dad would play piano, he lived in poverty. He wouldn't have had a piano. But, you know, people... Lots of people have lots of skills, and just because you have a talent doesn't mean you have to use it. Ooh, that's controversial. <laughs> I think that... Um, you don't have to. Or you, like, you don't have to show it, but you can yeah. use it for your own outlet, but you yeah, don't have to share like, it. You don't have to, and you don't have to try and monetize everything. Like, you don't have to be professional at everything either. Like, mm. it's so perfectly valid for someone just just to do amateur theatre. If if you're thinking you're an actor and you're not getting work, why not get a job that you enjoy and just do loads of andram? Because yeah, if yeah. that's actually what you enjoy and you enjoy being in plays, you'll be in more plays if you do andram. Yeah. And so if you're actually thinking about the part of the art that you enjoy, find out a way to do that. There's no, don't try and find a way to 
oh, I want to be professional, I want to do this. Because why did you fall in love with it for the first place? Mm, I was just going to say that it's important to ask yourself the question of why you're doing it. Because I think a lot of, especially with actors, a lot of people don't actually want to be actors. They just want to be famous Mm. because they want the money or they want the lifestyle or they want the attention around them, but they haven't actually got the love or understanding for the art itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you've got to work out why you like things and try not to do it for the image or for the Instagram account. And... Mm-hmm. So um, this is going back in time a bit, but when you were at drama school and then you decided, you know what, I'm going to give directing a go, mm-hmm. did it feel like, you know that ease when you stop kind of swimming against the current and you kind of like, oh wait, this is... Did you have that moment? It, it was good. I remember I was working with... What? Mr. Sampson's response. Like, you had said it so nicely. You went, it was good. Well, <laughs> well, I can see your brain working. I was working with a really good actor called Sophie Weiss. That kind of made it quite easy. I yeah. think uh, it's much easier to direct good actors because they're... They'll take but she's not actually. just a good actor. She's a good actor for a director in terms of like she'll make everything fit. Yeah, you do you know what I mean? Of, and she won't. She won't challenge an offer. She'll just kind of stand there and just mm. see the cogs go around in her brain and be like, okay, yeah, I'll make that work. She's good. incredible. Um, so that kind of made it really easy. But I do remember. I I remember someone saying I was good, and then the next day Sophie said I was good, and was like, oh, maybe I'm good. Mm. Uh, And then, yeah, got to do different scenes and things. But it did seem to come relatively naturally to me. Things Mm. I'd found hard with vocabulary. Quite often as an actor you hear lots of things, and you know what they mean, but actually putting them into a sentence... It's harder. But that's part of learning though, isn't it? Yeah, and you'll explain something to one person, and that'll work. But then another person, you have to change your vocabulary yeah. completely. And that's sometimes quite hard to get your head around, especially if you've got multiple different ones in the same room. Mm. Um, so you do kind of have to learn what works with different people quite quickly. Well, do you... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, that's the thing, because for me, I, 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 it really frustrates me when I see actors that just make directors' lives difficult. It's like you're finding problems instead of coming up with a yeah. solution. But then as a director, on the flip side, you... Have, there's a way you have to talk to your actors in order to get them to do what you want them to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a skill that not every director has. Yeah. He or she has to be aware yeah. of, okay, I can talk to Jen in that way, yeah. but I know in order to get Soph over there to do something different, I'm going to have to go and approach her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think, as a director, the fact that you had all that training as an actor was quite good in terms of you knew how to communicate with yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's... Directors can kind of come from two schools, like a university mm-hmm. lot who are very academic, um, can come... Not necessarily very academic, but come from a script background. Yeah. And will be very good in terms of dramaturgy and making the script better. Um, so I'm doing a rehearsed reading later this week and the way I'll be approaching it with my actor is we'll just be tackling the script and trying to do it really well in two days and we'll just be getting it on its feet straight away mm. and just challenging it and ripping it apart and seeing what happens. We won't be necessarily talking about what works. We'll just be seeing if it does. Right. Um, it, it works differently for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely see why I wouldn't be as good at doing a new version of Chekhov for a theatre in Chichester because mm-hmm. it just wouldn't... My version might not be in as much detail, I guess, as yeah. someone else's. But if you want to entertain lots of 14-year-olds with Shakespeare, I would bet on me doing a better one than someone from Cambridge. So yeah. Fair. Um, 
there's different types of production, but they, hopefully you kind of even out and do a bit of both as well. Um, mm. I would hope that I can do a bit of detail. Um, but yeah, drama actor training really works. Although it's strange now, more artistic directors in London went to Hull University than Oxbridge. Oh my God. Yeah. That oh. is, yeah. Hull are just Hull knocking it out the park. Yeah, they're going to yeah. put them on the map, surely. Yeah, Hull University. Go there. We well, heard it here first. <laughs> oh, great rhymes. So, training as an actor helped you as a director. Yeah. Does that work for or against you with writing? Do you think, oh, I don't know if that will work on stage, or because you're thinking it from the actor's point of view, mm. or do you not consider it? Um, I, I, I think as a write, it being a director does help my writing. Uh, okay. Because I'm not a writer, I'm a playwright, and I make that distinction because I can't write anything that isn't a play. Fair. Um, Fair. What I, do you mean? So I wouldn't be able to write a book. Um, I wouldn't be able to write poems. I can't write songs. I've tried my best. I can only write <laughs> theatre because I TV know, and film, sure. No, because I can only it's it's the live performance elements, and I know how to work an audience in that way, and I know mm. how to take a live audience. Would you ever want to dabble? If someone paid me, I'd give it a go. <laughs> But it's not Fair. like it's, yeah, it's not something that I'll do from the like just I don't know. okay um because I know how to work an audience in that way as an actor I, I think it just helps I think it's just a good place to learn about theatre as well drama school even if you kind of hate acting I'd still say maybe try go to drama school just because you know I mean, it's not really fun but I guess um, no <laughs> it wasn't enjoyable <laughs> that's always no. like is like oh yeah. I wish I went to drama school but I'm like I don't I feel like if you're working <laughs> yeah there's no point in you going like, <laughs> you're alright like it's a good if you're not from a, like if you're listening to this and you're like 17 you just want to learn about theatre like yeah and, and you're thinking I might go to uni I might go to drama school try audition for drama school if you can afford it it's really expensive and the auditions cost a lot of money and yeah they're, they're, trying, so they're trying to make it better because I know that Conti which I'm I'm like yeah. proud of the fact that they're doing this they're doing it with Aura and another school up north you can oh, pay yeah. like 40 pounds and all three of them see you at the same time so you audition uh, for all three drama schools which is amazing that's incredible that's yeah. what everyone like, should be doing where else in this industry do you pay to audition it doesn't happen and I think it puts so many young people who are who really have a potential in the creative industry mm-hmm. it blocks them because you can I there were so many times like I was quite fortunate I was able to pay but some people could only apply to two or three yeah, or even yeah. just one because they just didn't have the money mm-hmm. to apply to more drama And schools. also you've got to remember that we lived in London. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we didn't, have, we to didn't have to, like Emily, our friend who mm. is from Bradford, would have to get a train down from Bradford, a hotel, because, so you know, if you have to stay for the whole day, you don't know what type, like, hotel, she'd try and get them in different, de- like, so there was one after another, but you can't always you guarantee can't, that. how long they're going to run on for yeah. as well, because sometimes they do literally take all day. That's like £100. And you've got minimum. recalls as well. Yeah. So it can it can really add up. I mean, Bristol I don't, I don't see why they can't do the first rounds via self-tape, because now they do theatre yeah. auditions via self-tape anyway, which I'm massively yeah. against, but you don't have to... Yeah, how do you find that? I uh, they shouldn't... I... I wouldn't... Theatre auditions over self-tape. Yeah, you heard it right. Yeah, not what? I mean not not for yes. good, but for like commercial theatres, the occasion. Ta- well, if someone's filming somewhere and you want to see someone, you generally meet them for a recall afterwards. Mm. I can't imagine a director would cast someone just through self tape. I've um, never heard. Of that. I've, yeah, I've definitely auditioned for a theatre job on a self tape. Yeah, I've done it once when I was in Canada because I couldn't get yeah. the yeah. country, but I've done it 
in when I've been here. That's mental. But people don't even watch most of the self tapes as well. You just listen to a line and be like, I got weird voice, turn off. Like, wasting time, self tapes is weird. Like, you can't not try if you're doing a self tape because obviously they might watch it to the end. But the vast majority of self tapes are better. This is why I always, if if my my, first line of my self tape I find weird, I'm like, I can't because if they listen to that, they're just going to. They're not going to listen to the rest. They say, like, what is it, like 15 seconds? That's how much you've got, like. Impressed about 15 seconds. I get it though, because if you think the vast amount of yeah. self tapes they're listening to, because I remember when I was auditioning, well, not auditioning, but I was casting for my play, I must have watched like a couple seconds of everyone's show reel and was like, no, I'm not yeah. going to. Yeah. Like, because you, you just have to get through so many, you're not going to sit there. But my question is then, why why send me three scenes? Why, if you know you're only going to watch 15 what, seconds? What because really... what if they get like over 15 seconds? So what, yeah, but what really annoys me about. Uh, so a lot of actors who do a lot more auditions for uh, TV and then they come to a theatre audition, what they'll, they think about learning the lines first because I know for mm. TV auditions it's kind of expected that you know Learn the lines, lines yeah. but for a theatre audition it's really not. It, but then the actor who normally is auditioning for TV won't have read the script. So they'll have come um, to an audition, learnt the Juliet monologue, but won't have read the play Romeo and Juliet. Okay. And so you'd be asking about the play, which mm. is obviously quite important in the storytelling medium that is theatre, and they won't know anything. They'll only know about their bit. And yeah. so there's two different ways of doing it, and yeah. like people need to people need to do that read. differently. Can, yeah, people can... need to read and not learn their lines. Okay, I this have to passes. debate this. Not debate it because whatever, yeah. but. I have a question, but my first thing I have to say is I find it, I find it really hard not to learn lines. If I'm and I'm not like trying to, but it just naturally happens no, because I'm working so. on the scene and I might have and I have read the whole script if I've been given it, but like I've gone to auditions and they've been like they've they've mentioned about not learning the lines. But I'm like well, then I have to pretend that I don't know them. Yeah, no, but I, I, I can't. I haven't sat there and um, I'm like this. Yeah, reading it and then I'm like shit. I should look down. Right, but it's like, <laughs> but I'm not trying. I just happen to. It just I learn. I'm yeah, no, not, I'm saying I learn I, lines really quickly, which is I think if you said that, me, but. if you said that, it would be fine. It's just people have. There's this thing that if you know the lines, then you won't be able to be redirected, which is kind of nonsense. yeah, right. That's just assuming you're a really terrible actor. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I've learned it. Now. I'm not changing. Because like, what do you think's gonna happen then when it comes to the show? Yeah. I'm supposed to still not know my lines in like, case you no, want to change no, it. Like, it, right? doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But for some reason, that some directors don't like you knowing all your lines from the first day of rehearsals. I yeah. personally do just because it's easier. Get out of the way, don't Well, yeah. then you can just be off book straight away, and you can do. And more. you can. I feel like I can play more if I haven't got a script in my mm-hmm. hands. Yeah, unless you have got loads of lines. Yeah. Like, did you see different. Katie Johnson? When, yeah. So like George's part, I didn't expect her to start. Yes. She had, yeah, yeah, she had yeah. a good like twenty minutes of just solid monologue text. Whoa. So that would be a bit much to ask her to come in with that. Learn. Yeah, fair. But the other parts, which didn't have that much, just have it learned for the first day, because then we can just. Play more mm. Yeah. Right, Samson, to wrap this section up, can you give me one top tip of surviving in between stages as a writer and one for a director? Because I know you're kind of both at the moment. Um, as a director, it is right to people, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, you can get email addresses. Most directors are generally quite good about having websites. Um, so and they'll have their email addresses on their websites. And is that to assist them and to be like, mm, can I? Just for a cup of tea or a coffee. Um, okay. Oh. Watch something that they've done. So you so you're not lying. But um, quite often I've seen directors work that I really like. So I've emailed them and I've gone. 
I think you're good. I want to be like you. Could I have a coffee and ask some questions about how I can be more like you? Because if you got an email mm. which said, you're good, <laughs> I want to be like you when I grow up, that's quite a nice yeah, email. Yeah. Uh, this person wants to compliment me for half an hour Why and not? ask questions about how they can be like me. Yeah. Well, that seems like an okay morning to have before yeah. I go for my important meeting. Like, yeah, yeah. So, it's, so that's well received. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been the worst... The worst reaction is I've been ignored, which I've forgotten about cool. because I'm like, how many times do actors get ignored for stuff? I I'd do it if I was an actor as well. Just just go, actors. If you've like had an audition with a director, I'd just give them an email. Directors are nice, completely different to casting directors. I don't know anything about casting directors apart from some that I've worked with for theatre. I wouldn't write to them. It's a bit different, I guess. But do you think as a director, it's it's like weird if an actor does it because they're like, oh, you're just trying to be in my play. Like, and they said, oh, really, that. I've, I've had some people write to me. I mean, not that many, obviously, but like, yeah. I've had occasionally. But if they've seen something, yeah. If if I've got an actor who's seen something that I've done and I think, oh, they're just trying to be in my play, that's not a bad thing because it means they like my play. If they yeah. haven't seen anything that I've done, I'm like, you just want to be in a play. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't know yeah. me. Like, um, yeah, you don't know me. Yeah, so... You, you can, but if, if they've seen something that I've done, and they're like, I like this, if you do okay. something else, can I join in? Like, that's, that's nice. <laughs> that's yeah. Fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I'd be against that. Uh, in between stages as a playwright, there shouldn't be any in between stages as a playwright, just write another play. Like, Bitch, play! <laughs> like, yeah, but what about writer's block? Writer's block, it doesn't exist. We we'll just keep writing. It's just, it's just a thing people have used as an excuse so they don't have to write. Like, just have another idea. Write something down. Fair. Like, and I like that. to be rubbish, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, write. Be, I think sometimes people are trying to write like Pinter straight away. D- like, don't write like yourself. Just just write something. Mm. Like, maybe writer's block is people just trying to be really good. Mm. You don't have to be really good until draft 20. Okay, we're gonna move on to some more light-hearted questions. Oh, derail that. I need to have a new a guy's suggestion of what this section needs to be called because we think we need to know. <laughs> See you in a sec. Okay, Samson. So, my first question for you is, what is your worst or most embarrassing experience, I'm going to say, in the industry? So, it can be as a writer or director or as an actor. Um, I think most, most of my acting was just a horrible experience, but we won't <laughs> use that. Uh, <laughs> just every day going to drama school. No. Um, I had a meeting with an artistic director in London who I like the work and they've done a very good thing with their theatre and I was um, it was quite good for me just to get a meeting there, let alone like with the artistic director. And we were talking about uh, theatre and he was like, oh, what kind of theatre do you like? And for some reason, I said in your face theatre because you know when um, when you're in a meeting and you just want to say something mm. because you want to seem intelligent, but then you just sometimes say the first thing that you say and you don't necessarily agree with it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and 
the problem with saying in your face theatre, he's about 50 years old. He was like, oh, in your face theatre. So I was there when that was first around. It's a 90s thing. Yeah. Um, and so obviously he was expecting me to be incredibly well read about what it was. I knew, I remembered one playwright name, Philip Ridley, did that. But obviously he's on my CV because I directed one of his plays. Of course, so that yeah. one kind of didn't really count. Um, and so then I just started naming playwrights. And I... <laughs> But I wasn't even naming in-your-face playwrights. And I'm pretty sure I said Greg Perkins, who just doesn't exist. But I don't know if he noticed that I was just Maybe kind not. of saying names. I bet he went home and was like, who is this Greg, Greg Perkins? Perkins. How have I missed him? He didn't say anything about it. And he did... Yeah, he let me on all right. So it was it was all right. He didn't... But I kind of I kind of felt a bit more embarrassed. I just that he was just nodding to the absolute Mate, rubbish that I was saying. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, it's yeah. all about how you carry it. If you do it with confidence, no yeah. one can question it. He said know. that after training went to nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he knew I was talking absolute rubbish. But I think he just went, oh, okay. Names aren't his strong. It's okay. We went just to put it down to that. Yeah. Yes, okay. Your proudest accomplishment in the industry. Um, so I did actually, I'm going to do what I did yesterday, seeing okay. as it's quite recent. It's just then, so I've got this group, an outreach group, uh, we, I work with some kids with special educational needs, some kids that aren't in full-time education for whichever reason, some kids with anxiety, and then one kid who's like top dog at the OP Young Company, and then like oh. one that goes to a, a private school in Oxford, and then we all work together and we work on a play. Um, and it was really lovely. We can't use any lights because it's got one girl who's got epilepsy and like things like that. And then we've got kind of wheelchairs, so we've got different like, um, access requirements. But it means everyone works together, and the way I work is kind of like empathy based, and mm. we'll march as fast as our slowest troop, and we'll kind of. What was the thing you said together. the other? You said it the other day, and I thought it was a really nice thing that I don't know if this will go in, but you said you can tell me if it's allowed to go in. Um, that you said that you're trying to teach the the ones from the private school to be... Yeah, so it's partly... It's, it's partly for the kids... Like the kids that aren't in school is really important for them. They've got this... They're only social part of the week. Um, it's partly for the kids with special education needs. partly for their parents to get to see them... Them to have, like, mm-hmm. quite big achievement. It's a duologue-based play as well. It's not... Nice. Um, it, it's really text-based. We use a walkie-talkie for her because she can't remember the lines. So she's got a headset on and then Aww. the girl from the OP uses a walkie-talkie to read through the lines and then she says them. Okay. Um, so That's we incredible. Make, well, yeah, I tried to invent that system through like different Bluetooth headsets and things. Uh, turns out I was just trying to reinvent the walkie-talkie. So, <laughs> um, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, it's also partly for the go or the kids that will get good jobs. Um because at Oxford, so there's quite a lot of wealth in Oxford um, and like lots of good education as well. And they'll go on and get a good job and they might, they've worked with kids who didn't come from the same background as them mm. now. And when they're hopefully in a position to employ people, someone with autism might apply for a job at their company and they might think, actually, I've worked with someone with autism. You slightly mm-hmm. have to readdress how you do things, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make it any worse. In fact, it actually kind of diversity is a good thing and it can make us stronger. Uh, so it's kind of based on that as well. Um, I think it worked really well. And so was, they they did the play. They did yes. play. Uh, they did it on Saturday and Sunday. Did they love it? Yeah, uh, they were really pleased. Someone from the national oh. came to see it as well, which was Amazing. nice. Um, I also feel like you're teaching like that. It is accessible for everyone. It's not just one type of person yeah. that can be in it because um, that's something that's not 
I, I thought what was really nice as well as the audience. Like uh, I'm since I've been in, in Oxford, apart from for Panto, the shows that I've worked on, I don't think anyone in a wheelchair has gone to any of them. But uh, for the Sunday, there were like five people in wheelchairs. It's like well, see, you do that. You do it once, and like yeah. people come. Like if that that's how representation works. Mm. People see it on stage. It's like oh, if they're on stage, then they can come as well. It's not that hard. But you know, you find out how horribly inaccessible most of the world is when you're mm. trying to organise a group. None of the rehearsal rooms in Oxford are really wheelchair accessible. And even the ones that say they are, sometimes they have like you need a lift to get in. So I didn't use those rooms because then they have to use a different entrance as the rest of the group. And I think that's a bit unfair. I want yeah. the whole group to be able to come in together. It's amazing that you like thought about this. Like, Yeah, but you, you make mistakes along the way. Like hopefully if I do it again next year, then I'll be able to be much, uh, much better at it. And it's hopefully yeah. going to kind of snowball a bit into a bit of a group. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff to think about, especially when you've got different me- needs and different groups. Is that something that you as a director and writer are passionate about? putting on stage yeah um I think it's so because I was I spent a lot of my education and special educational needs I was always one of this <laughs> so I've got a weird thing where I was always one of the smartest kids in special educational needs mm-hmm. so I was in I was in groups with like there would be like a girl with down syndrome um but I was always like the clever one in that class and yeah so that was quite nice for me to get to be the clever one for once but then mm. also so I'm quite used to like helping people um with uh, special education needs or PMLD um, and yeah my play has a character with Down syndrome and a character with autism um, not really for any reason other than can um, yeah just um, but if, if you write that in your play then it has to like yeah. the director has to honour that and the producer has to honour that rather than yeah. it not being written and then somebody having to think outside the yeah. box well it's never actually mentioned in the script apart from in the character directions where i've just written like must be played by a character of dancer drum yeah perfect yeah. and then there. um i mean there's some like that is kind of obvious she has to be somewhat special education needs by people's reactions but um it's not ever said uh yeah and that's kind of where it seems like i'm going in a niche like gray eye and whatnot. i think it's a great niche to have yeah, if we go for so we go for aspirations for this because I I know what's coming. Oh next, yeah, so and we're I, doing aspirations, and I'm kind of about you, to say you just need to interview yourself. Yeah, no. I've what's been, your goal then? My goal. I I want to work uh, <laughs> with people. Get people. I want to make a commercially viable uh, group of people with special educational needs and people without. Uh, so to make an ensemble, like a German style ensemble. So um, like a theatre company. Like like Grey Eye, like a theatre company. Yeah. But a theatre company set, so you've got like eight axes, all with special education needs, physical uh, disabilities, and then you put on plays with like a rep company. Like an Amazing. That's, that would be, that, that's my aim. I think that's a fucking great aim to have, and I think that's an important aim as you build your career. Not me. <laughs> Should we play again? Do you want a coffee? Or a tea, darling. <sighs> okay, Samson. This part of the show is our quick fire question rounds called coffee or tea Cass is going to ask you a series of questions you have to answer without any hmm or hmm or what or within a minute (laughs) are you ready yes Cass are you ready I'm very ready Jen okay my timer is ready off you go texting or talking texting favourite day of the week Saturday a nickname your parents used to call you Samsoni. If you could choose your own nickname, what would it be? Lad. 
Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Every language. Favourite holiday? Uh, Venice. I don't like Worst Venice. holiday? Venice, I actually don't like <laughs> How it. How long does it take you to get ready? Uh, 20 minutes. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a driver are you? Three. How attractive <laughs> would you rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10? Seven. Invisibility or super strength? Uh, super strength. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at keeping secrets? Eight. That's pretty high. First celebrity crush? Oh, oh, uh, Debbie Harry. Do you snore? Don't think so. It's hard to tell. Bath or shower? <laughs> uh, shower. Do you pick your nose? Uh, no. T-shirt no. or shirt? <laughs> uh, shirt. First thing you do in the morning? Uh, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing you do at night? Uh, just probably check my phone. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Nah, you do that, that really was good. well. That was like a really calm version of that. That was yeah. very calm. You were very calm as well whilst reading yeah. the questions. I feel like you've got, you know, you've got the energy. Chill. You've got um, the strength. Yeah, I think I've got like a nice chill vibe. Nice chill vibe. So Venice, you No, I don't away. actually, well, I did quite, I don't dislike Venice. I do. I was kind of thinking of Paris. It was all going very quickly. Um, <laughs> you answered very quickly. I don't yeah. really like holidays. Oh. Um, so I kind of struggle. I, I say that I'm going on holiday tomorrow, so <laughs> I'm really dreading it. Um, <laughs> Can I just say that back? Samson's bought one tiny backpack. He's going on holiday tomorrow. How long are you going for? Two nights. Is that even full? That's like what I take to come to your house. No, it's no? not even full. I take more to work than that. <laughs> okay, we're getting to the end of our show, which means realization of the week time. Yeah, you're singing again. Yeah, I'm singing all episodes. Um, you haven't. It's gone with me today. It's because I've been singing all morning. Um, I haven't got one, so anyone want to go first? <laughs> My realisation of the week is I'm actually pretty good at driving my car. Good. Yeah. I've had a quick one for you. It is. I have like a fear and anxiety around driving. I need to stop saying mm. that because the more I say it, the more it kind of affirms it. No. And then yeah. it, you I create a fear. But I like drove up to Ipswich yesterday and back. And I, oh, did, I didn't even ask how it was. And how I did you survive? I got everyone there safely and I got everyone back safely and we were all fine. How's it switch? I've never been. It's just, I'm sorry, but it's dead. Like, there's nothing there. Like, don't, there's no, anyone listening, don't go up to it switch. And if you live there, I'm so sorry, but you've got nothing there. Like, you've got a town centre and there's a Greg's. Do you know what I mean? Greg's sausage rolls. Did you get one? I did. And do you <gasps> know what? Let me tell you something. No, don't, don't, don't. No, it's nice. Oh. But it's just very salty. It's like. Are you sure you got the veggie one? Maybe you have to put more salt in their food because. <laughs> I don't like salt food. Because it's so far they, away. They just, they just need something they just, to hold no, on to. No, but I mean... I, I don't like salt in my food. And I need you, it. I don't know if... Don't. But I've, I've had, had it the old, times. Oh, I feel like the old sausage rolls that I used to get from Greg's, the meat ones, when I used to eat meat, they were just as salty. Maybe you got a meat one. I think Greg's food is... It tasted delicious, so... It's a pasty from Greg's. I'm pretty sure it's all quite salty, isn't it? Like yeah. Greg's pasties. I don't imagine the sodium contents particularly, no. Well, well I was fine with that. Um, Samson. Um, I did that. I did. The, I did what I said. I did. Yeah. Samson. Oh, good. She can't talk English. I can't say your name. Um, my realization of the week is when you've got a long day <laughs> to remember to eat breakfast because sometimes I forget to eat all day and then I get a headache at about Ooh. six o'clock and by that point I've got a headache and you don't want to eat when you've got yeah. a really bad headache and so it's it just gets cycle. worse and worse. 
Uh, so eat breakfast is going to be... <laughs> breakfast is important. It's yeah. set you up for the whole day. Yeah. Uh, high in fat, lots of protein. That would be my ideal. What's your ideal breakfast? Food. I'd say, oh, you can hate this. Um, probably scrambled eggs, bagel, I'd say. Okay. Not, yeah. There's no meat. I could, I could add some. I, I, I have had scrambled egg before. Mm, I might maybe put, maybe put a bit of avocado on. Get some, oh, get yeah, some healthy yeah, fats on get there. Get some avocado. Uh, oh, some avocado. Some or maybe some sun-dried tomato. That might Ooh, be quite nice. I've gone off that bow. Have you? Mm. Oh, I quite like them though. Pizza. I like the texture. They kind of add something to most things. <laughs> no, I, I hear that. Yeah. It's just a bit, it's a weird sweet tangy. They can be tangy. I'm just not fond of it anymore. I like the less tangy ones. Established that. My realization the week I've got one, I've got one. It's not the one I thought it was because I still can't remember that one. But It'll I'll say that. Um, my realization of the week is that I actually don't mind flat white coffees. I thought I was always a latte girl and I was here to stay as a latte girl, but then I realized that lattes were making me fat. <laughs> so I had to change my coffee choice, and apparently, flat, flat whites have less milk in them. So I tried one, expecting it to be horrible. And I enjoyed it, so mm-hmm. I'm going to be not fat anymore. Well, the good thing yeah. about flat whites is you can't get a big one as well. Yeah. They only come yeah. one size. Yeah. So. Well, she was going to make me a big one today and put four shots in it, but I said, oh. I said, you know okay. what, let's not do that I don't today. think I could deal with you on four shots of coffee. I feel like... Coffee gets to you. It does. And I, I get, like, I reach a point where I peak, and then as soon yeah. as that, it's just downhill, and I've yeah. just got no energy. But when I have, I'm like, oh, no, 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 like, really You the stick top. to the lattes. You're fine with the lattes. I stick to the decaf. Oh, yeah. You don't really see the point. No, I, I like don't. This, and neither did I, but it's because I like the taste, and I feel like yeah. I trick myself into thinking I've had caffeine. Okay. Because when I do have it, my heart palpitates, and I feel like I'm going to burst. Yeah, that's fair. So. I drink so much coffee that I don't think it really works anyway. No, that's what yeah. I feel like. Mm. You need a break. You need a little detox. Yeah. Mm. I was no one's gonna have one today, but I did anyway. Um, cool. We're moving on. Coffee. So, um, last so, part. <laughs> yeah, last part. Go on, Cass. Last part of the show is we ask our guest for an affirmation or just something that they keep with them that helps them on their journey that they would like to share. Share, 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 share. 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 The word is share, Cassius, that they would like to share with the audience. Like the singer. Um, <laughs> I think that to to remember that we do this for fun i think is the reason like we could go and get a normal job mm-hmm. and it would all be fine i know it it's harder to get a job than i'm making it sound out like it's not easy for anyone's life i'm not trying to undermine anyone but like this is a choice to like, work in the arts in whatever way we're, we're quite uh, privileged to be able to make this choice there's so true. thousands of people who grew up wanting to be actors and writers and things that didn't have the opportunities that we've got here. Mm. And so I think to not, I'm not trying to undermine anyone's feelings, but not to complain about where we are and what we're doing. But there's a difference between complaining and trying to make things better. Yeah. Not to, not to complain, not to um, look down on all of your choices. Just remember, we did this for fun. Try and make it fun again. Mm. Sum it up. We did this for fun. Let's try and make it fun again. I think that's important to remember. Even when you're on set and you know when you're like, oh my god, I'm stressed out. Why can't I? Why can't I get this? And you're beating yourself yeah. up. And it's like, this should be enjoyable. This should I should mm. be having fun with this character. I should well, I think be... how, yeah. how many people want to be on that film set? Mm. Like, if and you I'm think here. like, yeah. And even with auditions, thinking about it, like this is yeah. fun. I get to perform again. Not 
I need yeah. to get yeah. the job. I need to, I need to prove myself. It's not about. I that. think that's something that I'm trying to learn at the moment. Again, I'm is learning. Trying to be, it. trying to create for fun again. Yeah. Not just when the agent calls and they've got an audition. Yeah. Like not just waiting and doing it. But even stuff like. It's nice to like having an agent. You could be yeah, grateful yeah, yeah, for yeah, that yeah. just in itself. Oh, like, absolutely. Little things like that, and just like getting to live in London, or like if if you do live in London or whatever. Like, there's so many little things to be grateful for about working in the arts mm. that are all based from privilege, and just it's you shouldn't feel guilty about privilege, but you should be grateful for it. Yeah, well, I think it. like in with doing this, like I I kind of relearned how like. I'm trying to think of the word, like how um how lucky like I am to be like surrounded by such creative like people and like mm. the things they're doing like that's not a normal thing to be surrounded by like actors and writers and directors yeah. and like having these co- like that's not a normal gr- like group to be surrounded by and I feel like like I feel like from doing this I feel lucky not that people that aren't doing this I'm like I don't want yeah. to know you but I I just mean like having that creative having that creativity surrounded you every day but you don't even realize that's what i'm trying to say yeah. you're kind of re- re-realizing and making yeah. no sense no you yeah. are and i and i think the affirmation is great because it applies to everyone in the different aspects of this industry like as a writer like when you are stuck on that first draft or you're like oh, i don't know what to do i'm stressing out it's no let me let me write this scene let me just write it for fun because you said you have fun draft that's yes. a nice that's a nice way of looking at some sometimes fun draft. Well, if you're stressing out about a first draft like oh they a meteor hits and now they're dinosaurs that could happen in a first draft it's fine like it might not be a good play but it doesn't matter it's first draft like any <laughs> just do anything you like I've got I'm really sorry I was about to wrap it up but then I've realised I've got one, one last question can't right. believe you when do you know a play's finished oh, I, I, oh when good. when press night has happened and you're not allowed to change it anymore <laughs> like, then... like you change it through rehearsals change it through previous okay. eventually the actors will just get too annoyed at you but even even then, if press that happens and then it goes on tour afterwards, then just do loads of rewrites. I don't think it ever really finishes. It's a live medium. There you have it, guys. <laughs> Me and Jen just looked each other like, mm-hmm. Samson, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom. <laughs> uh, where can people, I mean, where can people follow you? Or uh, you find can uh, <laughs> deliberately. I've got an Instagram account with four pictures. Uh, you can see a picture of a lizard. If you go on, no, I'm not going to even I say actually, you Can it. I offer something else? You, I can cut this if not. Um, if people, like you said, have seen your work or enjoyed this conversation, they wanted to contact you and ask questions. Is there a contact that you can give yeah, out? Yeah, you can have my phone. No. Uh, my email. Here's <laughs> <laughs> my number. Um, my my email address is Samson Harry Hawkins, which is my name at gmail.com It's the basic email. Um, you can email me things. Um, and on Instagram, Samson Harry Hawkins. Yeah, yeah. Everything is just my whole name. There so you go. Is, I don't hide that well. Well, we'll add that the Well, thank you very much. Email him. Go for a coffee with him. He clearly likes Have a little chin a coffee. <laughs> yeah. um, do you want me to do this? Yeah, yeah. you did. I was waiting for me. Okay. Well, guys, <laughs> we will see you next week. We will. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. have, have a, a good week in between. I was trying to read your lips anyway. I know, I was trying to read yours. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
for listening to In Between Stages. You can subscribe to us so you never miss an episode, give us that five star rating and leave us a little review to make our days. You can also follow us on our socials at In Between Stages on Instagram, at In Between Stage on Twitter because they wouldn't let us have DS. You can also follow our Facebook page at In Between Stages Podcast. And make sure you join in the conversation and slide into our DMs with all your stories too. You can follow us on at Cassius Nelson on Instagram and Cassius underscore Nelson on Twitter. And Jennifer Brooke with three N's on Instagram and Twitter. Join us every Wednesday for a brand new episode. We'll We'll see you then. then!